So first of all, welcome everybody to the weekly Shear in Pirkei Yovis. Why we join together every week is very, very simple. Because we know that there is a minig in Klal Yisrael to read and learn the Pirkei Yovis every week, at least from Pesach to Shavuos. The Rebbe, especially in the later years, had a very personal request that he asked everyone to learn at least one of the Mishnayis of the Perik, Be'iun, learn it in depth. Be'iun doesn't just mean intellectually in depth. It also means to take it personal, to bring it into your life. There are so many different Be'urim on Pirkei Yovis. Pirkei Yovis is unique, that it's the only Mesechtin Mishnayis that it's dedicated for Hasidim. Like the Gemara says, anyone that wants to be chassid should learn Pirkei Ovis. Because Pirkei Ovis are not sayings of halacha, what to do. For that you have Shulchan Aruch, for that you have other svarim to teach you what to do. In Pirkei Ovis we answer the why, why we do it. In Pirkei Ovis we're inspired to go beyond the letter of the law. Lifnim Mishura Sadin. And therefore, Pirkei Yovis, in essence, is a big fabrengen. Each Tana in Pirkei Yovis is fabrengen. His life story comes out in his fabrengen. What makes each Tana fabrengen about a specific topic? It's the same thing. What makes each Mashpia fabrengen about a specific topic? It's usually something deep and that's personal to the Tana, to the Mashpia. And thus he fabrengs about this topic with his mushpoim. And therefore, the more we learn about the life of the Tana, the more we learn about the one that's saying the Fabrengen, the more we can appreciate what he is saying and what context he is saying. Thus, every single week, we try together to learn one Mishnah, learn the life of the Tana of the Mishnah, and how his life is reflected in what he's saying in many different biurim. This week is very unique. Perik Hamishi, I would say for me, is the hardest Perik to give a shear on. The reason why it's so difficult to give a shear on Perik Hamishi is because both of these inspiring components don't exist in Perik Hamishi. Perik Hamishi is basically facts. Basora Maimoris Nivra Oilam. The world was created Basora Maimoris. There were ten Nisim in the base of Migdosh, ten tests of Avram Avinu. Seemingly, it's very non Fabrengan style. It almost seems like a, a history book of facts about numbers. Very, very non Pirkeyovist style. In addition, in Perich Hamishi, we have very few Mishnayis that we actually know who said the Mishnah. There's a few, but very, very few. And therefore, there is no room to elaborate on the life of the Tana, because we don't even know which Tana said these Mishnayis. There are a few, and I want to just say that last year, we went through the Mishnayis that have Tanoim, and anyone that wants recordings of our previous Urim last year series should feel free to reach out to me at rabbiavtsin at gmail.com. But this year, as I approach the Pirkei Ovis, and especially with the immense responsibility 
of having it part of the Neshei Chabad convention, I was literally thinking to myself, what can I give over in this Perik which is so difficult to teach? And it hit me, and it made me realize that maybe the deepest lessons are in the Perik which on the surface you don't see any lessons. If you're coming with the assumption, with the Rebbe's approach, that every word of Pirkei Ovis is Milsa the Chasidusa, every word of Pirkei Ovis is speaking to a Chasid, how he or she can enhance their Avoidus Hashem. So just because at first glance you don't see the lesson to be learned, if Chazal put it into Pirkei Ovis, it's because it's Pirkei Ovis. With this, the Rebbe is very, very literal. And I want to share with you a broader perspective. Rashi writes in his beginning of his Pirush on Chumash, I came to explain Pshutei Shel Mikra. The Rambam, when he starts his Pirush, the Yad HaChazoka, the Rambam says, everything I write is Sefer Halochis Halochis. Everyone until the Rebbe understood these statements to mean that in general the Rashi is speaking Pshutei Shomikra. But what if when Rashi brings a Medrash and Rashi brings something which is not simple, there Rashi is going out of his cloud that he set up. The same thing is with the Rambam. The Rambam is a safer of Halachis, but the Rambam will tell us interesting non-Halachic facts. For example, that there were nine Pares Adumais and the tenth Moshiach will make. Seemingly that's not Nagea to Halacha. Most people will say, yeah, in general the Rambam is a safer Halacha, but there are a few exceptions where the Rambam is talking as a Mashpia, where the Rambam is talking as a Nosi B Yisrael. You don't have to take every word of the Rambam and apply it and try to ask yourself, what's the Halacha? And the same would be if you follow this approach. When you come to Pirkei Yodas, you can say, listen, four prokim, the first four prokim are real, real fabrengans. That's the real chasidis. The fifth perik is just more general information. Don't take the Gemara by its word that everything in Pirkei Yodas is milsa the chasidusa. However, the Rebbe gives us a paradigm shift on that entire approach. Anyone that opened any of the Rashi Sikhs knows one thing, that it's not 70% Pshutei Shomikra, it's not 90% Pshutei Shomikra, it's 100% Pshutei Shomikra. If so, a Rashi brings a Medrash that doesn't seem to apply to the Pshat, break your head and figure out how it does, and the Rebbe shows us how, but it's not 90%, it's 100%. We all know the cloud that 99% kosher is 100% treif, 100% puzzle. You don't want a mezuzah that's 99% kosher. Rashi is 100% pshutei shel mikra. That's just the way it is. The same thing is true with the Rambam. The Rambam, the Levit, gives us tremendous insight how every word of halacha in the Rambam, even if it doesn't seem to apply to halacha, is included in the Rambam's vision of Sefer Halochis Halochis. Otherwise, it would not be in the Sefer Yad HaChazok. 
And the same thing is true and it's important to understand in regards to Pirkei Ovis. There is no such thing that there is a Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis that's just interesting information. You know, you have these fun facts, not really Nagea to anything. That's not how it works with Pirkei Ovis. There's no Judaism fun facts that the Tana just put into Masech to Pirkei Ovis. If it's in Pirkei Ovis, there is a tremendous lesson to be taken. Now what happens if we find a Mishnah that seems to have no practical application? There's no Hasidus inside. Well, guess what? Work harder. Figure it out. Learn the Mepharshim. Take it deeper. It's going to be there 100% of the time. Everything in Pirkei Ovis is going to be there to teach you a lesson in Milsa the Chasidusa. Now we are gathered by a convention of Nesheyu Benoist Chabad. The Nesheyu Benoist Chabad are the front runners and the leaders of Klal Yisrael in bringing us to the Geula. The same way by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it was the women, hey, they understood first, they led the way, it was Beschus of the Amuna of the Noshim Tzitkonius. The same thing is true in our generation, the women are the ones that are leading the way to the Geula. And therefore, when I was figuring, thinking to myself, what message, what Mishnah can I speak and have the honor and privilege to speak to the Nesheu Benoist Chabad, by me it was clear that I would have to find a Mishnah that's associated with the Geula. That has to be the topic, because we are single-minded, we are one-track-minded in the Geula mentality. And therefore, everything that we live with is to bring Moshiach. So I said, I have to look in this Perik. Eibishter, show me a Mishnah that gives us Geula perspective. Show me a Mishnah that can transform our whole understanding of Golos to Geula, that this Nesheyu Benoist Chabad convention should truly be a convention of Kabbalah's Pnei Moshiach Tzidkenu. So I learned one Mishnah and the second Mishnah, and all of a sudden I came to Mishnah Tess, and I stopped. Because right there in Mishnah Tess, I shared the screen, we have a very, very fascinating statement where the Mishnah tells us a fact. We'll soon learn it in more in depth. But let's get to the fact. This is Mishnah Tess. Golos Bala Oilam. If you want to know what brings Golos to the world, there are four primary causes, reasons behind Golos in the world. One is if you serve Avoidazorah. The second one is Gilo Yaray, someone that has immoral relationships. The third is Shvichas Domim. These are the killing somebody else, which everyone that's familiar with halacha knows that these are the three big ones that everyone has is, must be willing to give up their life rather than serving Avodah rather than having this immoral relationship, and rather than killing somebody else. And then the Mishnah adds a fourth one, Balashmatas Ha'aretz, somebody that is not careful with the rules of Shmitas Ha'aretz, like we have actually Bashkocha Pratis in this week's Parsha, Parshas Bahar. If you open up the Pedek Chafei Posek Yudches, 
The Pasik says, If you follow in my ways, you will be able to be secure in Eretz Yisrael. And Rashi says that Yidim were in Golas for 70 years because there were 70 Shemitahs that they did not keep properly. So to punish them, Hashem put them into Golas for 70 years. This is a Rashi in our Parsha. Now, when we learn this Mishnah, on one hand, we feel very good. We feel that we now know the reason behind Golas. On the other hand, on the other hand, reading this Mishnah in Pirkei Yovis really, really, really begs the question. I'm talking, who's sitting by this shear? Not somebody that's a beginner that's trying to know halacha. Someone that's trying to go lifnim mishuras hadin. Someone that's trying to go beyond the letter of the law. And guess what? Guess what? We're talking to this group not to kill, not to serve Avoidazara, not to do Gile Arayas. Seriously? Is this the Fabrengen of the week? I want everyone in the Sheyu Benais Chabad. You all want to bring Moshiach? Yes. Okay, I want you all to, to take it very serious because I'm going to tell you the source of Golos. You really want to get rid of Golos? Yes. You really want to bring the Gula? Absolutely. Okay, I want each and every one of you to go home and discuss with your families that you're going to make a Achlato, not to do Avoid and you're not going to kill anybody, and you're not going to do Gilu Yarayis. Really? Like, is that something which we should even speak about? Is there anyone in this group that even thought, Chas V'Sholem, to kill anybody? Is there anyone here that thought to do Gilu Yarayis, Avoid are we living in Eretz Yisrael that we're worried about Shemitah Sa'aretz? How are we supposed to approach such a Mishnah in general? And why is this Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis? Who is it talking to? I saw this Mishnah and I wondered that question. And then I opened up the Biurim of the Rebbe to Pirkei Ovis, And they said, if you want to understand this Mishnah, look in a certain Fabrengen which is the Fabrengen of Bolok, Tavshin Mem Dalit. And I saw there that the Rebbe asked this very question, and the Rebbe says, I'll be honest, the Rebbe said this by Fabrengen. I looked in all the Svarim, and I've not yet to find somebody to ask and answer this question, how to apply this Mishnah. What is this Mishnah doing in Pirkei Yavs? Now, why didn't anyone, any of the Mepharshim from any of the previous generations, Ask the question. Very, very simple. Because they didn't think that 100% of Pirkei has to be for a chassid. It's only the Rebbe who so showed us and is so immersed in the fact that every detail of Pirkei has to be applicable for a chassid. Only the Rebbe has the question. And therefore the Rebbe, Berachum of Agdoilim, Ubechasod of Agdoilim, the Rebbe's Rachmones, and the Rebbe's Chesed and Toiv showed us this path of how we approach Pirkei Yavis and more important, how we can apply it to our Avoidus Hashem. So the first thing, we have to lay down the foundation of the rest of the Shir. 
And that is that when we read in the Mishnah, which by the way, if you wonder why are these the big three, with all the Seichotic explanations, it's brought down that Yidin live in the schus of the Avois. Avram represents the opposite of Giloy Arayas. We know that when Avram Avinu, he saw Sarah in Mitzrayim, he says, Oh, I finally saw that you're Isha Yifas that you're a beautiful woman. He was so Tsanua that he never even noticed the beauty of his wife before. He's the opposite of Giloy Arayas. Yitzchak Avinu, who was a Oila Tmima, totally connected to Hashem, is the opposite of Avoida Zora. And Yaakov Avinu, that by him the Chazal tell us, Ruvein Oini, that Yaakov Avinu was so toher that he did not lose even one ounce of Zerah before he got married, which Zerah Levatola is the idea of Shvichas Domim. Yaakov Avinu was the opposite of Shvichas Domim, he was such a Darga. Therefore, these three mitzvahs, which represent the essence of the three others, they started to be the central beings. If you're out of these mitzvahs, means that you're against any of our others, you have no kiyum, you don't exist. In order to be part of Klal Yisrael, you need to be associated with our others. What three mitzvahs are associated with our others is Avodah Shvichas Domim, and Gilei Arayas. But we... Hasidim, which are learning the Pirkei Ovis this week, we must view these words with different lenses. We're not talking about your regular Avoidazora. We're not talking about your regular Gilu Yarayas. We're not talking about your regular Shvichas Domin. That doesn't apply to us. We're talking about Avoidazora, Shvichas Domin, and Gilu Yarayas as it applies to Pirkei Ovis. And I would love to share with you the Rebbe's perspective in this Mishnah, which is so enlightening. Let's start with the history of Avodah Zorah. <clears throat> we know that Avodah Zorah used to be a big, big Yetzirah for Avodah Zorah. We read stories about Kalal Yisrael running to serve Avodah Zorah, hiding Avodah Zorah, and we, which we are not Groise Hasidim, we're regular people, when we learn these stories, we feel like, really? You want to bow down to Avoid the Zorah? Like, I, we don't even understand the taiva for Avoid the Zorah. But that's because we are gebenched. The Gemara says in Yuma the following story. This is Gemara Yuma Dav Samachtes Amud Beis. The Gemara says that when Yidin, in the time of Bayesheni, there was a Navi called Nehemia. And the Yidin came in the Bayesheni, and they were screaming out to Hashem. And they said, Vai, vai, oi, oi, look at Avoidah Look at you, the Yitzhahara for Avoidah Because of you, our base Amigdash was destroyed. Because of you, the Heichel was destroyed, and the Tzadikim were killed, Yidin went into Golos, and you're still around. After everything you did to us, you're still around. They told Hashem, Hashem, listen, I know why you gave us the Taiva for Avodah Zorah. 
because the schar of overcoming that taiva is so great. So you gave us the challenge so we can overcome the challenge. Hashem, we are ready to give up on the schar. Please take away our taiva for Avoid Zoro. All of a sudden, as they were talking, a letter came down from Shemayim. And in this letter, there was one word. The word MS. That was in the letter. So they understood that right now, it's an ace rotsen to get rid of the taiva for Avoidah Zorah. So they came, and they, the Nevi'im told them that if they fast for three days and nights, we'll be able to kill the taiva for Avoidah Zorah. And sure enough, after three days, a lion made out of fire came flying out from the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Novi said, this is it. This is the, the Taiva for Avodah Zorah. This is the Yitzhahara for Avodah Zorah. Let's quickly conquer this lion. This is an Ace Rotson for generations to come. Let us kill this lion. But the lion started roaring. Rawr, Mamish, when a lion roars, <coughs> it's very, very loud. And they were afraid that Hashem will have Rachmanis on the animals that call out to him. And everyone heard the great roaring that was coming out from the Beis Hamikdash. So the Navi said, let's take a steel box because sound doesn't go through steel. And we're going to put the Yetzirah in this steel box, cover it up, throw it out, and it's going to be gone forever. Sink, whatever they're going to do with it, they're going to sink away this Avoid Zorah. And Baruch Hashem, from then on, Klal Yisrael, each and every one of us today, we became potter from the Taiva for Avoid Zorah. So obviously, it's not a challenge for us not to serve Avodah Zorah. But there is a different type of Avodah Zorah, which that really is part of our Avodah. What do we know about Avodah Zorah? We know that the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Megillah Dafyud Gimel, the Gemara says, the Gemara asks a question. We know that Mordechai HaYehudi, he was from Shevet Binyamin. That we know that. Ish Yemini, he was someone from Binyamin. At the same time, at the same time, we know that the Torah, the Megillah, calls him Ish Yehudi, Abira. Was he from Binyamin? Or was he Ish Yehudi? Who is he? Who is he? So the Gemara says, obviously, Mordechai was from Shevet Binyamin. Why was he called Ish Yehudi? Because he was Koifer Ba'avoyda Zorah. Anyone that's Koifer Ba'avoyda Zorah is called a Yehudi. To get this special Dargav to be a Yehudi, you have to be Koifer Ba'avoyda Zorah. That is what the Gemara says. And let me ask you the question. Is it such a darga 
to be koifer ba'avoy zora like that is so difficult to be a ish yehudi to be koifer ba'avoy zora why why are we making such a tzimis why are we making such a big deal about Mordechai HaTzadik, the Mordechai was koifer ba'avoy zora I mean, me and you were also koifer ba'avoy zora So the simple answer is that Mordechai lived before this taiva for Avoy Zorah was taken away that we just read about in the Gomorrah Yuma. And therefore, in his time, the taiva for Avoy Zorah was stronger. So he was koifer ba'avoy Zorah. But there must be something, something that's much deeper. And Chesidus tells us that we have to open up our eyes to a new type of Avoidah Zorah. What does it mean, a new type of Avoidah Zorah? What does that even mean? So let me tell you another Gemara, a very important Gemara, an interesting story, a sad story, but it's an interesting story. This is in Gemara Baba Basra Daf Kuf Yud Amun Aleph. The Gemara tells us, everyone here is familiar with the Pesel Micha. The Pesel Micha was a big Avaydazara, Shevet Don, that they established like a place that people serve Avaydazara against the Beis Hamikdash, against Hashem. Now, one of the priests, one of the Kaihanim of this Avaydazara was Yoinison. And the Gemara says that the Yidin approached this Yoinison. And they asked him a very simple question. What was the question that they asked? This Yoinison, this Yoinison was a descendant of Moishe Rabbeinu. He was a descendant of Moishe Rabbeinu. Listen to what they asked him. Moishe, who was obviously so devoted to Hashem, Moishe was the one between you and me, that he gave over the Aseris Dibris. I mean, we don't have to go into the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu. How is it that his descendant is serving Avodah the Gemara says, that Tasekoyin Zorah, the enacle of Moshe Rabbeinu, should be a priest, should be a servant of Avodah Zorah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't begin to make sense. Good? So listen to what this Yoinesen answered. Yoinesen said that when I was growing up, I heard an expression from my father in the name of his father, which this itself goes to show us how important it is that we are clear with our children what we mean by our expressions. Because many times, in order to bring out a point, we go to the extreme of an expression. But without clarifying it, the next generation doesn't realize that we are just making a point, and it takes it very literal. But listen to what he was brought up in his house, in the Enaklach of Moshe Rabbein. Listen to these words. This is what I heard, and I accepted, and I was raised in the house of my father and my grandfather. It's much better 
that a person should rent himself out, in other words, get work and get paid, and serve a person should never have to rely on other people's tzedakah. If you have the ability to make a parnasa, it is absolutely wrong to rely on other people's handouts. Tzedakah are for those that can't afford, those that can't make a living. If you can make your own parnasa, do it. And Hizayda told him, better you should be maskir aksmcha, better you should rent yourself out, get a job in Avoida Zara, then get public assistance from tzedakah. So he said, I don't believe in the Avoida Zara, but I do believe in supporting my family. And because I have to support my family, therefore I need, therefore, I need to serve Avoida Zara. That's what my Zayda said. That better serve Avoida Zara than, than getting tzedakah. And the Chachamim, they started crying. The Chachamim that heard this, they said, you misunderstood everything. For someone that's from the level of an enakul of Moshe Rabbeinu, imagine you have the son of the Rav, the enakul of the Godel, a Rebbe enakul. Imagine you have an enakul of the Tzamach Tzedek. Just pick an example. He's a big meyuches. He's the enakul of the Tzamach Tzedek, the Mitl Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe. And now he's stuck with the Parnasa. And he has a job. You know what his job is? He could skin the carcasses of animals. It's a low job, a smelly job, a, a, a degrading job. Or he can just get public assistance. For someone on such a level, that type of work is avoida zora. Avoida zora means strange, foreign work. Avoida zora doesn't necessarily mean serving gechkes. Avoida zora means avoida shazora loy. Someone of your caliber, it's not befitting to do such work. And they told him what your Zayda was telling you is that rather skin a carcass, which Lefiarech, the prestige of our family, is considered avoida shazara loy. It's considered avoida, which is foreign. What do we have to do with this? It's a legal avoida. Someone has to do it. But someone from our pedigree, someone from our standard, it's beneath our dignity. Yet do it. Do it rather than accept public assistance. And that's when he realized that the word Avoidah can be translated two ways. And unfortunately it wasn't clarified to this poor young man. He thought Avoidah meant literally go serve Avoidah Shalem Really Avoidah could mean Avoidah Legal work which is not befitting our standard. This line, Avoida Shezara Loi, is a line that the Rebbe incorporates so many times into the Avoida of Mordechai HaYehudi. Let's go back to Mordechai. What happened? Everyone says that Mordechai was fighting with the rest of the Eden. 
They wanted to go to the meal of Achashverosh and he didn't. Most people say, what was the reason? He said the meal was, wasn't kosher and they said they don't care. But we all know that what was the real discussion? The meal was 100% kosher. Therefore, if you open up the Shulchan Aruch, there's nothing wrong with going there. But, I, but Mordechai understood that Epes does nisht, it's not our level. It's not, just because it's mutter, it's still for us, usher. it's a goyshe kashrus. Yeah, it has a full hechsher, but it's a goyshe atmosphere. It's the suda of achashvedish. It's for us, avoy the zara. So when it says that Mordechai was koifer b'avoy the zara, it doesn't just mean, oh, he didn't serve avoy the zara. Avoy the zara means that he understood that there's a concept of even something which is mutter, even something which is permissible. But l'fi'erech, the level that we're supposed to be on, it's zara, it's foreign, it's strange. It's not in the derech of Hashem. It's a goyishe derech. It has a hechsher. It's 100% mutter. In other words, while the rest of the world approaches Olam Hazar, and says, I can do it until I see an Isser. In Hasidus, we approach it the other way. It, we have nothing to do with the Velt unless we're told otherwise. Just because you're allowed to doesn't mean you should. The famous part of Hasidim that's brought down in the Yoim Yoim, that Hasidim are Yishayim Hayu Oimrim, that the older Hasidim used to say, what you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to do. And what you're allowed to do, you don't have to do it. In other words, a true chassid understands that avoid zara doesn't just mean the isser of avoid zara. We're talking about the hashkafa of avoid zara. Avoidah zara loy, an avoidah which is not fitting, it's foreign. For the view of a chassid. For a chassid, this is a foreign avoida. It, it looks good, it has a hechsher, but it's sepasnish for us. This is not in our hashkafa. This is not the way we go about our hanhogah. And in that fabrengen, I want to share with you. The Rebbe gave two practical examples. Two practical examples. And one of these examples, until I learned this sicha, to be honest, you know, it's, I, I, I'm very guilty of it, and it's something in today's social media that we're all very guilty. And that is, for most of us, how do we start our day? We start our day, we wake up, and very quickly we go to our phones to see if the world is still alive. How many missed messages overnight? Is the world still existing? Is Eretz Yisrael still alive? Checking our messages, we check our emails, we, get, we take care of our... Now we can breathe. And now we can approach our day. The Rebbe says, and this is very strong words, and I'm just going to say it because the Rebbe said it, and everyone can apply it to themselves on the level that they are ready to. The Rebbe says, for a chosid, that does any business of Olam Hazar before they daven, 
is Avoida Zorah. This is the Avoida Zorah of Pirkei Ovis. That's totally mutter. We're a Yid, he's Tori, wash Negevaser. It's no Iser. But for someone to have a Hashkofa, that Olam Hazar comes before his relationship to Hashem, Bidake, Dake, Dakos, that's Avoida Zorah. On a, on, on a Pirkei Ovis level, such a attitude of I'm going to call my stockbroker, I'm going to call my business associate, I'm going to take care of whatever I need to do before I talk to Hashem, says the Rebbe, it's avoid the Zorah for a chassid. It's a very, And we want to bring Moshiach. We want to get rid of Golos. And therefore, anything Pirkei Abbas is saying, we have to deal with the extreme avoid the Zorah, the chassidish avoid the Zorah, the avoid the Zorah which is mutter, the Vaidazara, which is allowed. No, there's no Isser with dealing with certain things before davening. Or at the very least, and again, everyone has to, I, I, this is the words of the Rebbe, this right now it's a little bit not. At least before Brochus, how many times do we start checking things before we even say Brochus to Hashem? But these are things, this is the Avoidazara of a chassid of Pirkeyovis. That we want to get rid of Golos. If you want Avoidazara, we're not talking about that Avoidazara. That's gone. We want to get rid of Avoidazara. We want to get rid of anything. Avoidazara means something comes before Hashem. That's what Avoidazara means. And on the Dakos, Dakos, Dakos level, that could mean picking up the phone before we pick up our sitter. Picking up our WhatsApp before we say brachis. Think about this. Everyone can apply this because I think we live in a social media era which this can resonate very, very deeply. What, what we do before we talk to Hashem, and I don't know all of you or almost any of you, but I think this is something we can also apply to ourselves. Another example that ever brings by that Fabrengen is the idea of eating something, not L'Shem Taiva, but not L'Shem Shemayim either, just Stam. The Rebbe says, eating and drinking Stam. Stam is okay, not Chol of Stam, Chas v'shalom. But Stam is okay. You're not, you're not eating it for Taivas, you're just eating and drinking, talking. But if it's not L'Shem Shemayim, so it's a Shtikla Avodah means that the Eivishter is not felt in that eating and drinking. The Rebbe says, however, if you're sitting and you say, L'chayim, in other words, it's part of a Fabrengen, you turn every Suda into a Fabrengen. So then it's all the Shem Shemayim. The point is that in, in, a, in, in the Chosids, Pirkei Ovis Chosid, there's not one part of our life that's not under the, the Abishter first mentality. You know, we've been hearing for years about America first. We, as a chassid, has to be Hashem first. Anything that interferes with that, even if it has a hechsher. And how many times do we hear from someone, you Lubavitchers are crazy. Where does it say you're not allowed to do this? Who said you're not allowed? It's a pastist. I just don't feel like I'm bringing Mashiach and I'm sitting in a, I don't know, in a sports stadium. Is it Osir? I don't know if it's Osir, but Osir Tamhatos. We have to learn to elevate our standards. That is the first idea of Avodah Now let's go to Gile Arayis. Gile Arayis are the immoral relationships. 
at that time, it seems that there was a big controversy. And of course, we can apply it in our life. And the controversy was regarding Koil Isha. Now, everybody knows Koil Isha Erva, that a man is not allowed to hear a woman sing. Now, what about a tape of a woman singing or a video or recording of a woman singing? What is the Allahic? What is the Allahic standard? What is the Allahic rule in regard to koil isha when it comes to recorded music of a woman? Now, the Rebbe said by that fabrengen that I am sure that there will be certain rabbonim that will find you a heter why it's permissible. For example, the same way you're not allowed to hear the Megillah through a tape because it's not a real koil. You can't hear Shoifer through a tape. It's Mukta, but in other words, you can't hear because a tape is not a real coil. So they will tell you that you can't hear music through a tape is not coil. But the Rebbe says, really? It could be Mutter, but for a Chassid that's learning Pirkei Yavis, he shouldn't even go to a Rav with such a question. It's Gilei Arayis! In other words, on a pirke of this level, why are we even having this discussion? We're looking for a hector around it? I want to tell you the truth. This is a personal thing. I remember I went to Eretzisrom, and someone told me, you want to see something amazing? I show you a kosher, I think it was a kosher McDonald's, or a kosher, whatever it was, a kosher uh, Subway. And I became nauseous. I said, this is what we are as Yidin, that really, we really love to eat McDonald's. We finally have a way to make it kosher. I can't even see myself walking into a kosher McDonald's. Ech, ech, In other words, the fact that we're going to a rub to get a heter for Koyal Isha, says the Rebbe, that is, yeah, it could be mutter. But for someone that wants to bring Moshiach and he wants to get rid of Gile Arayis of Milsa the Chasidusa, it should be out of the question. Why are we having these discussions for Hetayim? Why are we having these discussions for Hetayim? It's Mufrach completely. It should be out of our whole way of thinking. Someone says, it's okay. Our Rav said it's okay. Ich, Not halachically, but Milsa the Chasidusa on this higher level. And then we have Shvi Chasdonim. Obviously, anyone that's listening to this shear is not killing anybody, I hope. We're not killing people. We are not murderers. Who wants to murder? It's totally out of our ballgame. No one's murdering. But, but, we know, Chazal tell us that if you embarrass someone berabim, ha'malbim pnei chaveiroi berabim, which this is the famous Gemara of Metziah that from Chesam and Beis, it's like shvichas domim. You make someone's blood drain from his face. Now, everyone that's by this shear, that's learning Pirkei Yavis, is not even doing that because we are such refined people. At least you are, the women. However, says the Rebbe, you know what happens sometimes? Even Chassidish Eidin. They justify it that when they're by a fabrengen, or when they're trying to be mekadev or elevate so on, we convince ourselves that there it's okay. Sometimes we embarrass him because we're trying to help him. 
The Baal Shem Tev says, Hecheach, Techiach. Why does it say twice? You say, Techiach as Amisecha. Baal Shem Tev says, Hecheach, first start with yourself, Hecheach. Then you could be Techiach. First work on yourself, and then Techiach as Amisecha. But, but, says the Rebbe, there may be even room for such an approach. But it has to be mufruch from us. We're trying to get rid of shmichas damim for our chosid. And the Rebbe says, there's shulchan aruch, you can learn, chayisha mishpat, the Alt Rebbe shulchan aruch, simen, aynog, nevazdas, sif lamid, where the Alt Rebbe goes through the right approach, how to give toichacha, it has to be quietly, it has to be a person, it has to be sensitive. We can't even do shvichas domim in a fabrengen in a way that we think is helping the other person. The idea of shvichas domim has to be completely mufra. And the same is true with shmita sa'aretz. The Rebbe says in Avodas Hashem, it's a you know the, we know shmita sa'aretz is the lack of a moon in the Eibush there, and there's many levels to that. I'm gonna put that on hold because we're running out of time, and I want to finish off with two points. One is that I hope from this year you realize that every word of Pirkei is talking to the Chassid. It's not as it seems, the black and white. It's real and it's applicable and there's lessons to be taken on every level of observance. Secondly, says the Rebbe, and this is what I want to leave you with. The Rebbe says, we see from here how much Hashem does not want Yidin to be in Golos. In order for a yid to be in Golos, he has to do the worst Avedis. Only then is the Ebishter forced to put us into Golos. Hashem wants us with him. Hashem wants us in Eretz Yisrael. Hashem wants to be reunited with us. So if each and every one of us come from this kinos of Nesheu Benoist Chabad, of this Shir, and this Fabrengen, and this entire weekend, and work on our personal Avedis Zorah, our personal shvichas domim, our personal gile arayas and shmata shmita, that is the way we are ruining and destroying, uprooting the cause of galos, and we should be zoyche goring gichin to the isgalos of the Rebbe, Melech HaMoshiach, Melech B'yofyei Sechzena Ineinu, Tekef Umiyad Mamish, thank you so much for the schus to participate with you today.